Hi, this is James Laval, and today we'll be mapping metaflammation in the 15-minute matrix. Welcome to the 15-Minute Matrix. I'm Andrea Nakayama, functional medicine nutritionist and your host. This is the podcast that brings you bite-sized insights and lessons on the clinical relevance of the functional nutrition matrix, the most important tool in functional medicine and functional nutrition. The matrix is so important not only because it invites us to stop and assess, but also because it reminds us of three very important factors in our care, our recommendations, and our outcomes. Everything is connected, we are all unique, and all things matter. Be sure to head over to this episode's show notes at 15minutematrix.com if you'd like to see today's topic mapped on a downloadable matrix to remind you of these critical aspects of care. Today on the 15-Minute Matrix, I'll be speaking with James Laval. James Laval is an internationally recognized clinical pharmacist, author, board-certified clinical nutritionist, expert, and educator in integrative and precision health. James is best known for his expertise in personalized integrative therapies, uncovering the underlying metabolic issues that keep people from feeling healthy and vital. A thought leader in drug nutrient depletion issues, he has published four books and three databases in this area alone. As such, he has over 35 years experience integrating natural and integrative therapies into various medical and business models. His latest research is in drug-induced microbiome disruption. This is a great masterclass in addressing those chronic cases. So perk up your ears and let's dive in. Jim, welcome to the 15-Minute Matrix. Well, I'm glad to be here. I'm super excited to speak with you. I love how you talk into this systems-based approach to meta-inflammation. And I'm wondering if you can start us out before we dive in by just explaining what that is. Oh, sure. So meta-inflammation is the process of metabolic inflammation. So I love the functional model, the nutrition matrix that you supplied me because really when you think about it, what happens is, is your body has to neutralize an inflammatory process, right? So you, you get exposed to a vector, maybe you get an environmental burden, maybe you're under stress, maybe your diet's not good, maybe you got some genetic predisposition or epigenetic things going on. Bottom line is your body turns on an inflammatory response. And it's supposed to neutralize that and then get you back into homeostasis and healing. The problem is, is that for many people, they get stuck in that inflammatory engine, which then starts to create chronic metabolic disruptions. And what the literature is talking about is the fact that metaflammation leads to inflam aging or inflammatory aging. And that makes a lot of sense, right? When we make a lot of inflammatory cytokines, our bodies, tissues, organs, cells get damaged by that excessive inflammatory response. But it really starts to boil down that metaflammation distills down to mitochondrial deficiencies and mitochondrial damage. And there's a lot of wake in that process that hopefully we'll get to cover over the next few minutes. 
Yeah, I know there's a lot to cover. And I want to get to that central part of the matrix where I know there are the systemic effects that somebody's experiencing when they're in meta-inflammation that we should be aware of as practitioners. Before we go there, can we spend a little time in triggers? What are the primary triggers? You mentioned you know, diet or lifestyle. Are there other triggers to setting this whole cascade off? Oh, absolutely. So first of all, diet we mentioned, stress is a big one. When you flatten your cortisol curve, you trigger chronic inflammatory signaling. So most of the practitioners realize that cortisol goes up in the morning and then it goes down at noon, then it goes down again at four, then bedtime. So that's that diurnal cortisol pattern. When you flatten that cortisol pattern, you're at a 333% increased risk of cardiometabolic diseases, as well as mood disorders, right? So stress is big, environmental burden. I would say if you wanted to even get more granular, something like, you know, glyphosate, pesticides, and how it disrupts the microbiome, drug therapy could do this. 24% of the drugs on the market in the U.S. right now disrupt the microbiome, and it's something that nobody even talks about. So you could be on a chronic drug therapy that could be leading you towards this silent metabolic inflammatory response. So that's important. Household exposures, molds biotoxins, vectors like viruses, any number of things that we either do to ourselves, I'll give you another good example, people that overexercise can trigger metaflammation. And so there's that sweet spot where exercise is healthy for an individual, right? So overexercise, not enough, overnutrition, right? People eating too much, eating too late, eating the wrong foods. And then in addition to that, undernutrition, and then, of course, excessive alcohol intake, smoking, you know, the usual characters that we all kind of complain about all the time. But it really becomes this experience of what you do to yourself and what the environment does to you. And then, what, of course, the backdrop of your genetic predispositions and how that plays out epigenetically. Yeah, that makes so much sense. I like to say there are always three roots, right? They're the genes, digestion, and inflammation. And I know you have a set of five that we'll go through, but essentially we're saying that the inflammation occurs for a reason or likely reasons, and it never gets turned off. We never switch it off. We never go into the healing mode. So we're in this chronic state of that heightened response, which is inflammatory in and of itself, right? Exactly. And so people end up living. For example, somebody who's insulin resistant or diabetic, we know their immune system is acting as if they have a chronic low-grade infection 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So they're more predisposed to comorbidities, right? They damage their eyes, non-traumatic blindness, more heart disease, more peripheral neuropathy because of the oxidative stress, more kidney disease because of the loss of redox poise due to that oxidative stress and inflammatory signaling. So yeah, absolutely. That chronic inflammatory glitch, you know, your body works like a circuit breaker box in your house. When that breaker box flips, it doesn't matter how many light bulbs you put in that lamp until you correct that breaker box, you're not going to get the right juice to that light bulb again. And that's kind of what happens with chronic inflammation. It gets turned on, doesn't turn off. Even more importantly in the brain where we see microglial cell activity, where you get the microglial get turned on either due to lipopolysaccharide, you know, crossing the blood-brain barrier or a vector or a pollutant or maybe a nutritional imbalance. And now it becomes this chronic inflammatory engine damaging the neurons in our brain, right? So it's pretty significant. 
Yeah. So when we look at the center part of the matrix, and you're referring to a lot of this, and I know I've heard you speak about sarcopenia and anemia. I think what we may not realize is that this chronic inflammation is then turning things down or off that should be regenerating that continue this process. Do I have that right? That's correct. Well, here's the key things that happen in metaflammation. So the very first thing that happens is that you'll see dyslipidemias. So people will have more oxidized LDL, more LDL, the particle size will get smaller. You know, their HDLs won't be as fluffy. They'll make more apolipoprotein B. So they make all the bad actor lipids. They trigger endothelial dysfunction. The glycocalyx starts to thin out and get damaged. And so that's the very first thing that's happening. It's not a statin deficiency. Right. right. <laughs> it's, you know, you have to correct why that lipid disorder is going on. So that's number one. The next thing that happens is that you start to lose growth hormone production and signaling for lean muscle mass retention. And, you know, the enemy of aging, look, muscle is the currency of aging, right? I mean, if you maintain your lean muscle as you're aging, you're going to be more stable. Uh, your muscles put off more hormones than any other tissue in your body, the myokines. And so you get sarcopenic under chronic metabolic inflammation. The next hallmark trait, and I know practitioners out there that are listening see this all the time, they have adequate iron stores and poor ferritin. And sometimes they have both, poor iron and poor ferritin. But what happens under metaflammation is that you turn off your ferroportin and upregulate something called hepcidin, and that means you don't store ferritin. And the net of that is, your EPO production goes down. Now my bone marrow can't you know, make new red blood cells as efficiently. So sarcopenia, low ferritin status, which carries its own side effects and issues, right? I mean, I mean, you get tachycardia, you get palpitations, you get headaches from low ferritin, not to mention fatigue. Yep. <laughs> uh, and then the next step is, is that the insulin receptors, insulin receptor, uh, the IRS one and two, both get downregulated principally because inflammatory cytokines turn off the insulin receptor basically. So the insulin receptors retract from the surface of the cell and now my glucose starts going up. The net of that is I have to create a new way to make energy. And that means you start to create what's called GLUT1 transport of your energy, which is known as the Warburg effect, right? Which is how cancer cells develop. Their ability to just suck in glucose passively. Your cells start to do that. And then now you're making two packets of energy instead of 38. And now all of a sudden, why am I tired all the time? It's because now you're inefficient at how you generate energy within your body because you can't get that glucose in in an efficient way. The next piece is osteoporosis. So we know with you know TNF-alpha, IL-1 beta upregulation, we start to reduce our ability for our bone turnover to be you know, in homeostasis to maintain strong bones. And of course, now we see three in 10 cases of osteoporosis are men, and it's no longer the gray-haired, blue-eyed, small lady or Asian lady. Uh, it's happening in a lot more populations. Probably part of that due to, you know, deficiencies in hormones and, and because everybody's on acid-blocking medications, deficiencies in vitamin D and minerals. But, you know, that's another story. Yes. <laughs> all connected, though. All connected. Right. And then the last two big things that happen uh, is that we start to create through these inflammatory signals, we lose neuroplasticity, we lose the ability to bud new neurons. And so we start to create a real neurodegenerative effect 
centrally. And then in addition to that, the final piece is, is our NAD to NADH ratio goes down. Now I'm not able to generate energy as efficiently. I start to lose my ability for my mitochondria to function. So we get ragged mitochondria. And then we downregulate one of the big signal substances when this happens called PGC1-alpha, which of course is the co-activator for many of our hormone receptor sites and our neurochemical receptor sites. So it becomes this cascade. You know, everybody wonders like, how did I land going down this funnel of one year I'm feeling kind of bad, the next year I feel really bad. Now I'm not thinking clearly. Somebody just told me I have bone loss, lipids, and I'm a pre-diabetic, right? It's all coming from this central concept of metabolic inflammation being triggered due to what we do to ourselves or what the environment does to us. And uh, how far we go down that funnel, it really depends on how willing we are to work at reversing that funnel. Right. And it's a long time coming. I've heard you also say, Jim, that it's, you know, we're the sum of all the years that came before us, including our parents' years and in utero. So it's a lot to reverse. It takes commitment, right? Well, yeah, it really does. I mean, yeah, I mean, I've, I've always said, you know, our health today, anybody listening right now, it really is the sum total of all the metabolic reactions and emotional stressors that have occurred from the time you were in your mother's womb till right now. And yeah, it's work, but obviously we know it's worth it. I've been working with patients now 37 years, and I can tell you, that, you know, I still get excited about it when somebody comes in and go, you know what, I feel better, right? I mean, what's better than that? But it takes work. There aren't magic pills. I, I haven't found the magic goji berries that were blessed by a Tibetan <laughs> monk under the moonlight. It fixes everything, you know? It's dedication and commitment and really trying to just balance out your lifestyle, right? So that you begin to harmonize well, what aspects of my life are triggering this meta-inflammation? Because in the end, you know, we don't want that inflammatory aging process. I know it's very popular for everyone to talk about living to 120. I just want people right now to live to maybe 80 and be incredibly healthy and then make anything above 80. That's bonus time because right now we got a lot of people who don't feel very well in their 40s and 50s. Correct. Yeah. So that's a great segue into the approach or the pillars, I'm going to call them, that you look at so that we as practitioners can identify where to focus our time and attention. Can you talk us through those five? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, one of the biggest things is, you know, you work somebody up and you go, wow, they got a lot going on. I started organizing that a long time ago. I call them triads and they represent what's known as metabotypes. You know, where is your metabolic roadblocks at? And so my triad one or metabotype one is adrenal thyroid pancreas. So the relationship between cortisol, glucose, and insulin and thyroid hormone. And obviously this is where a lot of people land, right? Their cortisol's up, they're insulin resistant, their glucose is going up, their thyroid is being turned down because of their amount of cortisol they're pumping out. So they make more T3 that's called reverse T3, right? The net of this is, is that when triad one's out of balance, you know, cortisol, glucose, insulin, thyroid, that's where you're gaining weight and feeling fatigued. And that's what a consumer understands. They just want to understand why am I tired and why am I overweight and I can't seem to get it off. But when triad one's in balance, you've got energy, your baseline metabolism is good, 
you take foods in, you generate energy from it. You don't need as much food because you're making 38 packets of energy instead of two. That's triad one. And we call that the triad of energy. Triad two is gut immune brain. And of course, well written on at this point, right? We all understand the enteric nervous system and how the gut and the brain are communicating. And gee, you can work on the gut all day long, but if the person has anxiety and I don't calm their sympathetic dominance, I'm going to be working on that gut forever, right? So it's understanding that network effect of gut immune brain. And that's about resiliency. You know, how resilient am I to adversity? What is my mood like? How's my immune system perform under pressure? Am I overworking that? And, you know, a good example of that are people with irritable bowel. A lot of them have anxiety. And when you think about that, they feel unsecure because every place I go, I have to find where the bathroom is in case I have to run for it. And so triad two is the relationship of gut immune brain. And so these triads can stack. So if you think about it, if my stress levels are high enough, I can create sympathetic dominance and create a leaky gut, right? Because as cortisol goes up and interleukin six goes up, my clotin two goes up and that makes my tight junctions get loose. And that's just a simple model. And then, of course, triad three is cardiopulmonary neurovascular. And that's kind of the crossroad triad because if I'm under enough stress and my immune system is throwing out these inflammatory cytokines and my insulin is getting higher and I'm creating more noradrenaline and my blood vessels are starting to cramp down and I'm making bad actor lipids, this is the crossroads where people end up really in trouble because that cardiopulmonary neurovascular network is what's really driving us getting oxygen to all of our cells and tissues. And of course, that neurovascular component, I think, has been underappreciated. You know, when you're out of sympathetic and parasympathetic balance, when we lose our vagal tone and our heart rate variability goes down and our resting heart rate is going up and our blood pressure is going up, those are the most predictive for future cardiac events. And I think a lot of times we, you know, also what, there are resting heart rates in the 70s. You know what, for every four points above 62, you've got about a seven to 10% increased risk of cardiometabolic events, right? So it's important to understand that this is the pillar or the triad of stamina, right? When I oxygenate my tissues, my blood pressure is good. I can take a walk. I don't get out of breath. I'm not getting out of breath, going out of steps. I'm perfusing my blood to my brain well. That's triad three. The fourth is liver, lymph, kidney, called the triad of detoxification. But for the consumer or the patient, when I'm trying to explain it to them, but it's really about, you know, am I anemic? Where's my mean platelet volume at? If my mean platelet volume is elevated, I'm in metaflammation. I've got a metabolic inflammation taking place. Just looking at MPVs or looking at your percent MEBs and realizing that when you've activated eosinophils and your basophils are over one and your monocytes are starting to express too much, you're probably triggering a pretty big systemic inflammatory response from your gut. I'm a big fan of you know using conventional labs as the first step because it's things that everybody understands. You know, we start there and then we can get into four point results and heavy metal tests and you know whatever else we need to look at, right? Got to start with the conventional lab. We got to look at the gross picture before we get into the fine details. Exactly, and then so. You know, one of the big things I harp on with triad four is kidney function. 
a lot of people walking around with GFRs of 55 to 70, and we're not realizing that this is a major area of inflammatory process that's going on. As that GFR is going down, it's due to oxidative burden. That's what damages your kidneys. And yes, you may have toxic metals or it could be other things, but it signals that there's something really wrong in that fourth triad or pillar. And the fifth, of course, is sex hormones. And they really represent potency in the world. I mean, women want to feel desired and want to feel self-esteem. Men want to feel Desired and self-esteem. They want to make sure that the woman they're with is, is, is desired too. So, but the interesting thing is, is there's some great studies that have come out over the last few years on glycans, right? So you can measure glycans. And it turns out in women, when they're making estradiol, they have anti-inflammatory glycans. And when they are menopausal, they start to make pro-inflammatory glycans very quickly. Why is that important? Glycans are one of the four structural components of every cell in your body. And so there's a direct correlation. Of course, you know, more women die of heart disease postmenopausally actually than men. And so there's this interesting, you know, insight that if we can allow bioidentical hormones where appropriate, it actually turns their pro-inflammatory glycans back to anti-inflammatory glycans. And you also see that in men. And by no means am I a supraphysiologic endorser of hormone replacement. I'm a big believer in, you know, appropriate levels that get get a person to a state of wellness that create lab values that are predictable and healthy. But I think that balancing all of this is incredibly important. So these five triads are interacting together. If I get under a lot of stress and I'm a man, my testosterone goes down my blood pressure goes up, my LDL cholesterol goes up, my sympathetic nervous system starts to dominate, and now I lose heart rate variability. So it's understanding the the network threads that occur between these five triads that allow for me to explain things simply to people and also allow me to even teach, you know, what we call functional medicine. It allows me to teach that a little bit quicker because I'm saying, look, you just need to, you got to balance out these five networks. And what, what's going on between these networks? Yeah, you make it make such good sense, Jim. I love these triads of energy, resiliency, stamina, detoxification, and potency. Did I get them right, the five? You did. That's yeah, excellent. Yeah, it's such a great way of helping us to understand, as you said, the network threads, the interconnectedness of everything that then allows us to direct our focus. I feel like I just sat in a masterclass that was fantastic. And I know we want to lead folks in the show notes to some of your longer presentations and all of your company resources. But Jim, is there anything else that you feel like we as practitioners are getting all wrong when we're considering these downstream issues as it relates to meta-inflammation? I think the biggest thing is, is we've got to strive to keep it more simple for the patient. We don't have to get it all done at once. And I think, in fact, that it sometimes makes it harder on the patient to be able to, to comply. They can't adhere because it's like, oh, my God. Yeah, okay, I've got, I've got to do a modified FODMAP, pegan, <laughs> paleo diet, modified low-carb, time-restricted eating plan. And, you know, in the end... 
we want people to eat and learn to eat. And yes, we've got to take some foods away that are maybe pro-inflammatory. But at the same time, why I developed the methodology that I have is it's really about if you start to work on the areas that are the most broke and people start to feel better, they're way more apt to stay with you and work with you and really complete the process that they came to you for which is to restore their vitality and their resiliency and turn off that metaflammation and turn down that inflammaging. And I know we all get enthusiastic because we go to a a seminar. Now, everybody, I got to do this too. And I I just (laughs) encourage people to, you know, really try to organize your thought process, get those early wins with people right away and don't overwhelm them with too many pills. I love how you're bringing it back to the patient. I also, anybody who knows me knows I love a good system, systems thinking and mental models. And you really created one that allows us to think about complex cases. Jim, thank you so much for spending this time with me and all of us today. Oh, it was my pleasure. The 15-Minute Matrix is hosted and produced by me, Andrea Nakayama, and the Functional Nutrition Alliance. The podcast is edited and mixed by Brian Paik of Pacific Audio, and special thanks to Natalie Merrill, Alia Hale, Pamela Geismar, and Rowan Bradley for their support in making the 15-Minute Matrix possible. You can find episodes on all kinds of topics with more incredible guests at our podcast website, 15minutematrix.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to see the completed functional nutrition matrix that accompanies today's or any episode, be sure to head over to the podcast website. Again, that's 15minutematrix.com. We love when you share our episodes with your friends and colleagues, leave a review and rate the show. That helps us to grow our collective message that functional nutrition is the future of healthcare. Also, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Functional Nutrition Alliance, and you can follow me at Andrea Nakayama. And if you or someone you know is interested in becoming a functional nutrition counselor, head over to fxnutrition.com to learn more about our full body systems program. Full Body Systems is our 10-month immersion course where you'll learn the systems-based approach to addressing the root causes of your clients' issues through client education, diet, and lifestyle modification. Again, you can always learn more at fxnutrition.com.